Hi, this is the K. Ray Reads to You podcast, and I am K. Ray. And today we have another few chapters of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. I think I'll probably do chapters 6, 7, and 8 today, because they're still pretty short. Chapter 6, The First Two Finders. The very next day, the first golden ticket was found. The finder was a boy called Augustus Gloop, and Mr. Bucket's evening newspaper carried a large picture of him on the front page. The picture showed a nine-year-old boy who was so enormously fat, he looked as though he had been blown up with a powerful pump. Great flabby folds of fat bulged out from every part of his body, and his face was like a monstrous ball of dough, with two small greedy currenty eyes peering out upon the world. The town in which Augustus Gloop lived, the newspaper said, had gone wild with excitement over their hero. Flags were flying from all the windows, children had been given a holiday from school, and a parade was being organized in honor of the famous youth. "'I just knew Augustus would find a golden ticket,' his mother had told the newspaper men. "'He eats so many candy bars a day that it was almost impossible for him not to find one. Eating is his hobby, you know. That's all he's interested in. But still, that's better than being a hooligan and shooting off zip-guns and things like that in his spare time, isn't it?' "'And what I always say is, he wouldn't go on eating like he does "'unless he needed nourishment, would he? "'It's all vitamins, anyway. "'What a thrill it will be for him to visit Mr. Wonka's marvellous factory. "'We're just as proud as can be.' "'What a revolting woman,' said Grandma Josephine. "'And what a repulsive boy,' said Grandma Georgina. "'Only four golden tickets left,' said Grandpa George. "'I wonder who'll get those.' And now the whole country, indeed the whole world, seemed suddenly to be caught up in a mad candy-buying spree, everybody searching frantically for those precious remaining tickets. Fully grown women were seen going into sweet shops and buying ten Wonka candy bars at a time, then tearing off the wrappers on the spot and peering eagerly underneath for a glint of golden paper. Children were taking hammers and smashing their piggy banks and running out to the shops with handfuls of money. In one city, a famous gangster robbed a bank of $5,000 and spent the whole lot on candy bars that same afternoon. And when the police entered his house to arrest him, they found him sitting on the floor amidst mountains of candy, ripping off the wrappers with the blade of a long dagger. In far-off Russia, a woman called Charlotte Russe claimed to have found the second ticket, but it turned out to be a clever fake. In England, the famous scientist, Professor Fowlbody, invented a machine which would tell you at once, without opening the wrapper of a candy bar, whether or not there was a golden ticket hidden underneath it. The machine had a mechanical arm that shot out with tremendous force, and grabbed hold of anything that had the slightest bit of gold inside it, and for a moment it looked like the answer to everything. But unfortunately, while the professor was showing off the machine to the public at the candy counter of a large department store, the mechanical arm shot out and made a grab for the gold filling in the back tooth of a duchess who was standing nearby. There was an ugly scene, and the machine was smashed by the crowd. Suddenly, on the day before Charlie Bucket's birthday, the newspapers announced that the second golden ticket had been found. The lucky person was a small girl called Veruca Salt, who lived with her rich parents in a great city far away. Once again, Mr. Bucket's evening newspaper carried a big picture of the finder. She was sitting between her beaming father and mother in the living-room of their house, waving the golden ticket above her head and grinning from ear to ear. 
Veruca's father, Mr. Salt, had eagerly explained to the newspaper men exactly how the ticket was found. "'You see, fellers,' he had said, "'as soon as my little girl told me that she simply had to have one of those golden tickets, I went out into the town and started buying up all the Wonka candy bars I could lay my hands on. Thousands of them, I must have bought, hundreds of thousands. Then I had them loaded onto trucks and sent directly to my own factory.' I'm in the peanut business, you see, and I've got about a hundred women working for me over at my joint, shelling peanuts for roasting and salting. That's what they do all day long, those women. They sit there shelling peanuts. So I says to them, Okay, girls, I says, from now on you can stop shelling peanuts and start shelling the wrappers off these crazy candy bars instead. And they did. I had every worker in the place yanking the paper off those bars of chocolate full speed ahead from morning till night. But three days went by, and we had no luck. Oh, it was terrible. My little Veruca got more and more upset each day, and every time I went home she would scream at me, Where's my golden ticket? I want my golden ticket! And she would lie for hours on the floor, yelling and kicking in the most disturbing way. Well, sir, I just hated to see my little girl feeling unhappy like that, so I vowed I would keep up the search until I'd got her what she wanted. Then suddenly— On the evening of the fourth day, one of my women workers yelled, "'I've got it! A golden ticket!' And I said, "'Give it to me, quick!' And she did, and I rushed it home and gave it to my darling Veruca, and now she's all smiles, and we have a happy home once again. "'That's even worse than the fat boy,' said Grandma Josephine. "'She needs a real good spanking,' said Grandma Georgina." "'I don't think the girl's father played it quite fair, Grandpa, do you?' Charlie murmured. "'He spoils her,' Grandpa Joe said. "'And no good can ever come from spoiling a child like that, Charlie. "'You mark my words.' "'Come to bed, my darling,' said Charlie's mother. "'Tomorrow's your birthday. Don't forget that. "'So I expect you'll be up early to open your present.' "'A Wonka candy bar!' cried Charlie. "'It is a Wonka candy bar, isn't it?' "'Yes, my love,' his mother said. "'Of course it is.' "'Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if I found the third golden ticket inside it?' Charlie said. "'Bring it in here when you get it,' Grandpa Joe said. "'Then we can all watch you taking off the wrapper.'" Chapter 7 Charlie's Birthday "'Happy birthday!' cried the four old grandparents, as Charlie came into their room early the next morning. Charlie smiled nervously and sat down on the edge of the bed. He was holding his present, his only present, very carefully in his two hands. "'Wonka's Whipple Scrumptious Fudge Mallow Delight,' it said on the wrapper. The four old people, two at either end of the bed, propped themselves up on their pillows and stared with anxious eyes at the candy bar in Charlie's hands. Mr. and Mrs. Bucket came in and stood at the foot of the bed, watching Charlie. The room became silent. Everybody was waiting now for Charlie to start opening his present. Charlie looked down at the candy bar. He ran his fingers slowly back and forth along the length of it, "'stroking it lovingly, and the shiny paper wrapper "'made sharp little crackly noises in the quiet room. "'Then Mrs. Bucket said gently, "'You mustn't be too disappointed, my darling, "'if you don't find what you're looking for underneath that wrapper. "'You really can't expect to be as lucky as all that.' "'She's quite right,' Mr. Bucket said. "'Charlie didn't say anything. "'After all,' Grandma Josephine said, "'in the whole wide world there are only three tickets left to be found.' "'The thing to remember,' Grandma Georgina said, "'is that whatever happens, you'll still have the bar of candy.' 
"'Wonka's Whipple Scrumptious Fudge Mallow Delight!' cried Grandpa George. "'It's the best of them all. You'll just love it.' "'Yes,' Charlie whispered. "'I know.' "'Just forget all about those golden tickets and enjoy the candy,' Grandpa Joe said. "'Why don't you do that?' They all knew it was too ridiculous to expect this one poor little candy bar to have a magic ticket inside it, and they were trying as gently and as kindly as they could to prepare Charlie for the disappointment.' But there was one other thing that the grown-ups also knew, and it was this, that however small the chance might be of striking Lucky, the chance was there. The chance had to be there. This particular candy bar had as much chance as any other of having a golden ticket. And that was why all the grandparents and parents in the room were actually just as tense and excited as Charlie was, although they were pretending to be very calm. "'You'd better go ahead and open it up, or you'll be late for school,' Grandpa Joe said. "'You might as well get it over with,' Grandpa George said. "'Open it, my dear,' Grandma Georgina said. "'Please open it. You're making me jumpy.' Very slowly, Charlie's fingers began to tear open one small corner of the wrapping paper. The old people in the bed all leaned forward, craning their scraggy necks. Then suddenly, as though he couldn't bear the suspense any longer, Charlie tore the wrapper right down the middle— and onto his lap there fell a light brown, creamy-colored, chocolate candy bar. There was no sign of a golden ticket anywhere. "'Well, that's that,' said Grandpa Joe brightly. "'It's just what we expected.' Charlie looked up. Four kind old faces were watching him intently from the bed. He smiled at them, a small sad smile, and then he shrugged his shoulders and picked up the candy bar and held it out to his mother and said, "'Here, mother, have a bit.' "'We'll share it. I want everybody to taste it.' "'Certainly not,' his mother said. "'And the others all cried, "'No, no, we wouldn't dream of it. It's all yours.' "'Please,' begged Charlie, turning around and offering it to Grandpa Joe. "'But neither he nor anyone else would take even a tiny bite. "'It's time to go to school, my darling,' Mrs. Bucket said, "'putting an arm around Charlie's skinny shoulders. "'Come on, or you'll be late.' Chapter 8. Two More Golden Tickets Found That evening, Mr. Bucket's newspaper announced the finding of not only the third golden ticket, but the fourth as well. Two golden tickets found today!' screamed the headlines. "'Only one more left!' "'All right,' said Grandpa Joe, when the whole family was gathered in the old people's room after supper. "'Let's hear who found them.' "'The third ticket!' read Mr. Bucket, holding the newspaper up close to his face, because his eyes were bad, and he couldn't afford glasses. The third ticket was found by a Miss Violet Beauregard. There was great excitement in the Beauregard household when our reporter arrived to interview the lucky young lady. Cameras were clicking, and flashbulbs were flashing, and people were pushing and jostling, and trying to get a bit closer to the famous girl. And the famous girl was standing on a chair in the living room, waving the golden ticket madly at arm's length, as though she were flagging a taxi. She was talking very fast and very loudly to everyone, but it was not easy to hear all that she said, because she was chewing so ferociously upon a piece of gum at the same time. "'I'm a gum-chewer normally,' she shouted, "'but when I heard about these ticket things of Mr. Wonka's, I laid off the gum and switched to candy bars, in the hope of striking Lucky.' "'Now, of course, I'm right back on gum. "'I just adore gum. "'I can't do without it. "'I munch it all day long except for a few minutes at mealtimes "'when I take it out and stick it behind my ear for safe keeping. 
"'To tell you the honest truth, "'I simply wouldn't feel comfortable "'if I didn't have that little wedge of gum "'to chew on every moment of the day. "'I really wouldn't. "'My mother says it's not ladylike, "'and it looks ugly to see a girl's jaws "'going up and down like mine do all the time, "'but I don't agree. "'And who's she to criticize anyway, "'because if you ask me, "'I'd say that her jaws are going up and down "'almost as much as mine are, "'just from yelling at me every minute of the day.' "'Now, Violet,' Mrs. Beauregard said, from a far corner of the room, where she was standing on the piano, to avoid being trampled by the mob. "'All right, mother, keep your hair on,' Miss Beauregard shouted. "'And now,' she went on, turning to the reporters again, "'it may interest you to know that this piece of gum I'm chewing right here at this moment is one I've been working on for over three months solid. That's a record, that is. It's beaten the record held by my best friend, Miss Cornelia Prince-Metal.' and was she mad. It's my most treasured possession now, this piece of gum is. At nights I just stick it on the end of the bedpost, and it's as good as ever in the mornings, a bit hard at first, maybe, but it soon softens up again after I've given it a few good chews. Before I started chewing for the world record, I used to change my piece of gum once a day. I used to do it in our elevator on the way home from school. Why the elevator? "'because I liked sticking the gooey piece that I just finished with "'onto one of the elevator buttons. "'Then the next person who came along and pressed the button "'got my old gum on the end of his or her finger. "'Ha-ha! And what a racket they kicked up, some of them. "'You get the best results with women who have expensive gloves on. "'Oh, yes, I'm thrilled to be going to Mr. Wonka's factory, "'and I understand that afterwards he's going to give me enough gum "'to last me for the rest of my whole life. Whoopee! Hooray!' "'Beastly girl!' said Grandma Josephine. "'Despicable,' said Grandma Georgina. "'She'll come to a sticky end one day, chewing all that gum. You see if she doesn't.' "'And who got the fourth golden ticket, Daddy?' Charlie asked. "'Now let me see,' said Mr. Bucket, peering at the newspaper again. "'Ah, yes, here we are. The fourth golden ticket,' he read, "'was found by a boy called Mike TV.' "'Another bad lot, I'll be bound,' muttered Grandma Josephine." "'Don't interrupt, Grandma,' said Mrs. Bucket. "'The TV household,' said Mr. Bucket, going on with his reading, "'was crammed, like all the others, with excited visitors when our reporter arrived, "'but young Mike TV, the lucky winner, seemed extremely annoyed by the whole business. "'Can't you fools see I'm watching television?' he said angrily. "'I wish you wouldn't interrupt.' The nine-year-old boy was seated before an enormous television set, with his eyes glued to the screen, and he was watching a film in which one bunch of gangsters was shooting up another bunch of gangsters with machine guns. Mike TV himself had no less than eighteen toy pistols of various sizes hanging from belts around his body, and every now and again he would leap up into the air and fire off half a dozen rounds from one or another of these weapons. "'Quiet!' he shouted, when someone tried to ask him a question. "'Didn't I tell you not to interrupt? "'This show's an absolute whiz-banger. "'It's terrific. "'I watch it every day. "'I watch all of them every day, "'even the crummy ones, where there's no shooting. "'I like the gangsters best. "'They're terrific, those gangsters, "'especially when they start pumping each other full of lead, "'or flashing old stilettos, "'or giving each other the one-two-three with their knuckle-dusters. "'Oh, boy, what wouldn't I give to be doing that myself? "'It's the life, I tell you. "'It's terrific.' "'That's quite enough,' snapped Grandma Josephine. "'I can't bear to listen to it.' "'Nor me,' said Grandma Georgina. "'Do all children behave like this nowadays, "'like these brats we've been hearing about?' "'Of course not,' said Mr. Bucket, "'smiling at the old lady in the bed. "'Some do, of course. "'In fact, quite a lot of them do, but not all.' "'And now there's only one ticket left,' said Grandpa George. 
quite so,' sniffed Grandma Georgina. "'And just as sure as I'll be having cabbage soup for supper tomorrow, "'that ticket'll go to some nasty little beast who doesn't deserve it.'" And that was the end of chapter uh, 6, 7, and 8, and I'll see you next time for a few more chapters. Bye!